Welcome to another episode of Good Morning Camera, and it feels like it's been too long, even though this show drops every two weeks, where myself, Gadget, and my co-host, Anthony, look at all the things that are happening in the camera imaging world, posit what it means for creators, throw our hot takes at this and have fun in the process and talk about some of our favorite pieces of technology. Almost almost lost myself there, Anthony. I'm a little too excited. And talk about our favorite pieces of technology at the end of the episode. But first, Anthony, how are you doing? We actually saw each other in person last week. How, how, are, you, how are you? I am fantastic. Gadget gave me a nice little rundown on Reels on Instagram. And we said, you know, at our little meetup that we had, I'm going full on TikTok. It's it's happened. It's happened. Joined TikTok, made some pretty funny stuff. So, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. Heinz Skits Velvet. It's Heinz with a Z, Skits Velvet. That's the, the TikTok handle. You guys okay. can check it out. Uh, and I said, Gadget, I, I said, I'm a man of my word. We're going all out. <laughs> so I appreciate the tutorial. I'm uh, pumped to be here. There you go. There you go. I can't wait to see what you do. You, you got the first one was a banger. I can't wait to see what your reels are up about. But first, we're gonna talk about the finally announced. Now that it's announced, I'm going to talk about it with you, and that is the Nikon Z9. Okay. If some of you that have been listening to the show, you know this. I don't like these mini teasers. You know, it's one thing to say, "Hey, mark your calendar. We got an announcement." But when you start trickling these little bits, no, stop it. I'm not going to give any more attention. I wanted to see what this camera could do straight from the horse's mouth. And that horse being Nikon. Is, 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 that, is that, does that work? Is that a saying still? So the Z9, Anthony, by all accounts, is the flagship camera on the market. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at mirrorless solutions, taking all the cameras across all the manufacturers, it seems like this can be considered numero uno. What do you think? Uh, I think that is a safe bet. This is going to be, I think, the gold standard um, across like a lot of mirrorless cameras right now. Um, this thing's a tank. We've seen some promo videos. We talked with Nikon a little bit about it. And uh, yeah, this this thing, it seems like, you know, we're going to be comparing a lot of other cameras to what this camera can do. So I, I want to know what you think about this. Let me just, for everyone listening, go over sort of the key specs here. You're looking at a 45 megapixel full frame sensor, okay? The, the camera itself is built like their traditional DSLRs where it has the integrated vertical grip. So it's a beefy camera. It takes mm-hmm. CF Express and XQD cards. The ISO can go up to 25,600 natively. You can shoot, take this, 8K video up to 30p with an update that's supposed to give it 60p coming soon. Raw recording internal as well. A ton of frame rate options for those that are looking to capture, you know, different formats, different resolutions and slow motion, all that kind of stuff. And from all accounts, from what Nikon is saying, it's supposed to have the best or one of the best autofocus systems available in a mirrorless solution that works across humans, animals, and different kinds of vehicles that you can even tweak to your shooting style. Now, the Mm -hmm. only caveat here may be that this camera does not have a mechanical shutter. So traditionally, (laughs) cameras have a mechanical electronic shutter, right? This Mm -hmm. camera only only has an electronic shutter. The advantage, 
I mean, the, the sort of main advantage of a mechanical shutter is that you have less rolling shutter, right? You know, the, the jiggles when you move your camera left to right really quickly, and you have higher flash sync speeds. Now, because of Can, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say Canon, I should say Nikon, that's, <laughs> that's a mistake you don't want to make at the morning of this recording. What Nikon is saying is that their increased readout speeds have allowed them to reduce that rolling shutter, to make it near indistinguishable. So with all that said, after looking at the news, after looking at the specs and the announcement, how mm. do you feel about this camera entering the market? I thought when you said it was just missing like one thing, I totally thought you were going to go tilty flippy screen. And I was just kind of like laughing there. Uh, there's so many people just like hate on every single camera without the tilty flippy screen. And they're just like, Z9, no tilty flippy screen. What? Like, <laughs> uh, I totally thought that was going a different direction. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, this I'm really excited to try this camera out for myself. And I think this is going to make a huge, uh, splash in the sports kind of world uh, and it seems like that is going to be the target market for this particular camera uh, we've seen some promo videos from Nikon and there's these like crazy examples of like how the autofocus was working during some sort of like swimming event and it was like it was just really cool how they uh, showcased like the, the eye tracking it was just bang on this whole like throughout this like race that this photographer was like shooting uh, and and, you know, the person's in the lead. There's so many people like in front of the person in the lead, but the autofocus just tracks that winner essentially throughout the frame and uh, just nailed it. It was crazy. Uh, we're talking um, about specs here. Like with this, this camera has 493 autofocus points. So uh, lots of coverage all throughout the, uh, the, the EVF and one thing that I absolutely love about Nikon is their EVFs. And we have to highlight that EVF because it's huge. It's beautiful. All of like their, their cameras that they put out have had some of the best EVFs out there. Uh, and I think this is going to be well received by a lot of sports photographers uh, and just, you know, high end shooters uh, in general. 8K, like 8K, that, that's, that's huge. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've made a killer splash in the video space. So um, this is just a continuation of like Nikon's reign on video. You know, a while back, we weren't even considering Nikon for video. And now we're like, holy smokes, 8K, 30, 30p. And then if we get firmware upgrades to, to go into 120 or 60p, sorry, um, that's going to be nuts. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's an yeah. unbelievable camera. And, and, you know, it's it seems like Nikon has sort of taken the feedback on the chin and just working in the backgrounds. I mean, I don't know how mm -hmm. many people are closely following it, but like there's Z6, there's Z6 II, Z7, Z7 II. They've released a steady flow of firmware updates to make them better, right? To make, mm -hmm. to really refine them that if you were, you know, platform agnostic and you used it, you'd say these are impressive cameras and they should probably be shipping more of these than <laughs> they actually are. And it seems like they've taken all of that, made it exponentially better, and put it into this thing here where, you know, you look at things, features like where it could shoot a lower resolution image, but up to 120 frames per second for photo, which 
which is crazy. And they've shown examples <laughs> yeah, of this. Smokes. But you got to think, if you're shooting sports, okay, or if you are uh, you know, a very rich person that wants to capture your kid's soccer game, whatever it may be, <laughs> you can get the exact moment where they strike the ball or, you know, they throw the pitch, whatever. You can literally get the exact moment of impact or release in sports, which mm-hmm. that's money. That's money. And even though it might be a lower resolution, you got to realize that most of these images are only being viewed online. So even if it's like a four to six megapixel, it, it really doesn't matter when it comes to the distribution of where these images may go. And then you throw in things like, yeah, it doesn't have a flippy screen, but I, I still <laughs> argue this is a trend started by YouTubers and they are not the majority. And I think most people who are camera operators, whether it's photo or video, will appreciate the four-axis vertical and horizontal tilting display. Um, Blackout-free shooting. You talked about the EVF, but again, blackout-free shooting where you just see everything. It's it's not a viewfinder like you'd find in a DSLR where you're just looking through glass, but it's it's really close when it doesn't black out like that. And then you take into account that the flash sync speed, according to them, is still 1 over 200th of a second up to 1 over 250, which is sort of like the the predominant ceiling for those studio photographers. So you're not really losing much there. And then on top of all this, it's supposed... I mean, I say this as if this is like the last point I'm going to make about this camera. Anthony, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> but you can focus as low as minus 6.5 EV, but they're supposed to have this, this starlight mode, which brings it down to like minus 8.5 EV that you can focus on your image. There's so much packed in here. This might be the final point before I toss it back to you, okay? (laughs) And this sets up the question as well. They have undercut the entire market of flagships with Mm -hmm. the pricing of this camera. Now, it's not inexpensive by any means. You're still looking at a $7,000 body. But the fact that this is undercutting cameras like the Alpha 1, the R3, right? That that is the real shock here. Because if Mm -hmm. you are in that space to consider, you also might be in that space where you don't mind switching if that means you can get your work done faster, more efficiently, and have a higher ceiling for the work that you do. So my question to you, with all that said, is how do you see the Z9 playing out in the market in the year to come? You just made so many good points. Like, I just, I don't even know what to add there because like you just, you, you really did kill it with uh, all those, all those little extra points. I think for the sports shooter, they're not necessarily going to care about the resolution. That's an excellent point um, because, you know, they're trying to just transfer images probably over the camera's Wi-Fi and get them out to like the, some sort of editor very, very fast. And, you know, I think this is going to be like the go-to sports camera for you know anybody sitting on the sidelines of any major kind of event Uh, and i'm excited to see a world where there's just like all these mirrorless bodies uh on the sidelines of all these different types of sporting events it's going to be very cool to see uh and exactly uh to what you said there like the price i think is is bang on uh we're going to be talking about another potential flagship camera from another brand in this episode here uh and it's not going to be priced anywhere close to the z9 you know uh it's just i just it's just not gonna happen so good on nikon man like i'm so pumped if i were to be switching to any other brand right now i gotta be paying attention to what nikon is doing because i mean there's just 
there's there's nothing you can complain about there these are just fantastic cameras and and that's all i gotta say yeah and you know before we go to the next topic what i'll just add here is, is sort of looking at this you know, undercutting the Canon R3, which, and we'll talk about this, is not mm-hmm. supposed to be in the long run Canon's flagship camera by $1,000 Canadian, okay? You undercut your main competitor by $1,000 Canadian. You undercut the Sony Alpha 1, which is supposed to be the one for Sony by $1,500. <laughs> that is huge. And you look at the audience. I would venture to argue that there are a lot of Nikon DSLR users that are st- that were waiting to upgrade. And I mm-hmm. think I would like to believe that looking at the Olympics, that there's still a lot. And, you know, if you look at any sort of runway, you know, if you look at the Met Gala runway, the red carpet there, there's a lot of people, a lot of pros that are still using DSLRs in those spaces that are okay to just wait. And when a camera like this comes along with such a high ceiling, it's like the the Canon 5D Mark III of the world, right? Where yeah. the Mark II kind of like, whoa, wait, you can do these things? And the Mark III comes along and all of a sudden you can't keep it on the shelves. And every professional that's looking to upgrade is looking at that thing. Or, you know, the, a better equivalent, I would say, is the Nikon D800. I remember being a D90 user, D7000 user. And when the D800 came out, you know, that was a game changer for them where it really, really did well amongst professionals. So... I'm interested to see how this does. The cynic in me, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> critic in me, I just have to say, it, can you ship this? At the end of the day, to have this camera, at this feature set, in this climate where every major you know, technology manufacturer is facing shipping challenges, right? Whether it's by boat or by air. And they're, you know, fighting to get their cameras across. On top of that, the chip shortages, the product shortages, it's not just chips. It's like even the small manufacturers that make the tiny little parts that bring the camera together. Everyone's facing challenges. Mm -hmm. So when you hear companies like, you know, Red that are saying that, hey, you know what? We're going to actually have to increase prices because we can't, you know, make these things economically. Mm-hmm. How is Nikon going to be able to deliver on this? That's the big question for me. This is not something that's going to come out and unit-wise steal a ton of market share. But if we're looking at revenue, it's a it, it's a great opportunity for them to maybe sneak in a bit more market share if they can ship. It really just comes down to that one thing. It's like, this is all great, but you got to show up, right? 100%. Yeah, yesterday's home runs. Don't win today's games, Anthony, okay? <laughs> now, enough of that. Enough of that. We, we got to move on. We got to move yeah. on. <laughs> Almost <laughs> as if this were planned, there's been leaks coming out of the Canon camp. You know, a couple of sites have been reporting some leaks regarding Canon's uh, R1, okay? Now, th- there's nothing confirmed by Nikon. I'm sorry, Canon. I'm uh, Anthony, I'm so sorry. I'm just mixing up these brands. Like, all these relationships, I've I'm, I've chose violence today. I'm just burning all my relationships, all my friends at Canon and Nikon. They're like, screw this guy. Listen, there's been leaks coming out with the Canon EOS R1, and it's mm-hmm. almost poetic, right? Uh, soon after the release of the Z9. Yeah. This is not, in my eyes, really news. But I feel like we have to talk about it, okay? This is this is one of those announcements that you absolutely hate, Gadgen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's get, it's not little, even an announcement. It's yeah, not even an announcement. Very, 
very little information here and this is yes. all just rumors right yes <laughs> so this is just you know a friend of a friend heard something from a friend of a friend at canon yeah. apparently <laughs> yeah. allegedly allegedly that the r1 may won't have a global shutter it's supposed to be uh, according to them a jack of all trades and master of everything where it mm -hmm. should have uh sensor north of 45 megapixels 8k recording at various frame rates and you know obviously as some people would expect more expensive than the canon r3 and it's supposed to ship sometime later next year with an announcement as early as july 2022 but really available to the market in the fourth quarter of 2022 mm -hmm. hearing this reading this i wanted what's your first reaction to this <laughs> So I have really strong thoughts about this because I feel for those types of creators who can't afford to buy a single, like a, a one camera for a very specific use. And when a company comes out and says, you know what, this is going to be a jack of all trades. I'm like, hmm. I, you know, I could start to get really excited about this. We need some more information because like I said, this is just whisper talk right um, but when you say something that is going to be a master of everything i get really excited for those types of creators who just you know they want to invest in something solid uh they're willing to drop like a little bit of coin to get something that's just going to do it all right rather than spread like their money out across a number of different cameras when they said you know jack of all trades i start to go mm, you know this could this could be interesting this i i'm really i'm interested you piqued my attention you know what i'm saying so okay 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 uh i'm gonna take a different approach i hate this kind of news i, I really really hate <laughs> I this kind would. of news okay i knew you would <laughs> okay uh it's a rant it's rant time folks okay if you enjoy me getting animated on this podcast well congratulations christmas has come early we have gone to a place in the imaging industry where manufacturers are way too comfortable. This is the first point. Way too comfortable <laughs> announcing things and not sh being able to ship them and delaying things indefinitely. It's almost like yeah. the video game industry where, you know, they'll announce a AAA title and then three months before the game comes out and your pre-order is already there, they're like, ah, we're actually going to delay it a few months. Then don't announce anything. How you about you say nothing? Hold on. How about you say nothing at all? <laughs> nothing at all until you can actually meet expectations and tell your customers and your shareholders that you can actually do a competent job. I'm sorry if that irked a few people, but that's just how I feel. It's becoming far too common where as soon as a flagship camera actually is available, you know, something like, Again, nothing against anyone. I'm just going to use this as an example. But let's say the Sony A7 IV. It's available, right? It's it's you can go in and you can it's on the shelves. Maybe not on the shelves because everything's being bought up quickly, but technically it's shipped. <laughs> By that time, there's already a thousand rumors and announcements of the next thing from Sony them leaks from Sony themselves and other manufacturers and all this kind of stuff. 
And it just keeps going and going and going. And the conversation becomes so diluted where it's not even about creating anything meaningful. It's just about these stupid specs that a lot of people can't really contextualize. So that's number one. And that's all to preface number two is whoever said the words jack of all trades, master of everything, <laughs> find that person and fire them. Okay, because what you've done here is put Canon in a bit of a corner. When you look at the R5 announcement, that was supposed to be this all-in-one hybrid. Mm -hmm. And I think even people at Canon, this is not me. I don't have any inside information. I'm just saying that I would venture to argue even the people inside of Canon would see their marketing strategy, the language used, that they would be like, you know what? We could have done that better. And I believe still that the reaction to the R5 and the over all that kind of stuff was way more extreme, especially when you consider people's actual use cases. And, you know, Canon also, they're not, they're, their hands are not clean. They, they, they put a bunch of firmware updates and really polish that thing out. But I think people would look at that and be like, you know what? That sort of all-in-one magical camera, that sort of really high bar, if we're going to take, if we're going to put out that language, you have to be able to deliver. You have to be able to deliver. And what a leak like this does with that quote is put Canon in a corner, a precarious corner, okay? A lot of consonants there. A precarious, <laughs> crazy corner where now the expectations are even higher. Whereas the alternative could have been, if you had all the secrets kept here, is that you just wait it out, you do your announcements, you know, maybe one sort of teaser, and the camera's available, and then you and the chips are on the table, and then you can just compare everything. Rant is over uh, temporarily. <laughs> Your I'll, rebuttal? I'll, not, not a rebuttal, but like I think yeah. we're on, we, we agree more than we disagree, but go ahead. <laughs> I'll fire back on you on this one. If this camera is priced at about $7,000 to $8,000, I think this is actually going to be a killer deal because we have seen some really good cinema cameras that have come out recently. I mean, you just picked up a killer camera yourself, the Red Komodo, Unreal camera, priced around that that kind of in that kind of ballpark range, right? Uh, and I think if if I was like the average person, and I, I have a poor man's mentality where I'm always trying to think about, you know, the I was broke once and I just want to spend a decent amount of money and get something that's going to be just banger all across the board, right? I don't necessarily, you know, I, I feel for those creators, like I said. And when I hear that, you know, this is coming out, I think if they price this correctly, this could actually be a killer, killer kind of deal. Because like I said, some of those cinema cameras that we've been talking about recently, they're around that $8,000 uh, price point. And that's like, that's enough for like the person who is like fairly serious uh, to, to kind of get into. But it's not like, it's not 14000 It's not like, it's not a, a down payment on a house, right? We're not talking that kind of money. It's accessible to somewhat of the average person just like who's, you know, a little bit more serious, but they're getting paid to, to, get, to get stuff done. Uh, and I think if they price this point this camera correctly i think it is going to make a big big kind of splash here um i just think it's a matter of pricing um but can, i can totally, i i totally can I burst your bubble can i burst your bubble this thing Go. is not gonna be it's not gonna be cheaper than the r3 okay this is the r1 you go in yeah. reverse prime numerals in the canon camp okay five <laughs> 
three, one. And this thing is going to be at least, at least $8,500 Canadian. That's where my money's on. That's what my bet is on. We can loop back this a year later on episode, I, I guess, 24, no, 42 or whatever it is at the time. <laughs> but we'll loop back on yeah. this. I, I, you know, Canon's one of those companies that more than most really goes to the beat of their own drum. They look at their competitors like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. They look at the industry. Cool, cool, cool. Let's do our thing. Let's build mm-hmm. our sensors our way. Let's prioritize what our users value. And let's take some time to do some innovative things like a VR lens, like things that nobody else would do and make these calculated bets. I think this thing is going to be at least 8500 bucks. I think it will be impressive. I, I still... Um, I hate I hate this. Let's can we just do the creator draft picks? Can we put myself in a better mood? I gotta say that you know Canon is pretty aggressive on the price on the prices of their cameras, and you know they don't necessarily you know give you uh, give you it all for a decent price. So I think that's where we should wrap it up. Uh, creator draft picks. I got something cool, but uh, whoa 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 yeah. whoa 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 whoa. Let me hype this up a bit. Let me. <laughs> yeah, this might be if... this might be someone's first time listening to the show, Anthony. <laughs> this is the best segment of the show, guys. Please, it is time. Take it away. It is time. I, listen, I, I Anthony was coming in hot because he has a he has a solid pick. This I week. have something something good. But if it's your first time, every episode we do what was called the creator draft pick, and this is where myself and Anthony, creators in our own rights, professional creators in our own rights, we 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 recommend something that we've been using that we've been enjoying something something that we've invested in nothing that was provided to us nothing that was loaned to us this is something that we have purchased on our own volition and have been enjoying so with that introduction Mm -hmm. anthony what is your creator draft pick this week okay so i'm 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 pulling the trigger a little a little soon but I know this product is just going to be hype. It's on the way. It's I know it's going to be hype because I've used something very similar to this product uh, before. So I was in our Henry's warehouse uh, taking a little tour, learning what's going on there. I'm trying to pay attention to the tour, but like... Oh my gosh, my brain's just all over the place because there's just gear everywhere and you're just like picking things up and like looking at all like the the little storage bins and <laughs> you know how it is in the warehouse. It's it's crazy, but there's so much cool stuff in our warehouse and uh we're we're walking by the area where a customer has placed an order, so they've pulled the product, put it on this cart, and I'm looking at this product and I'm going, "What the heck is this?" And I look at the box and it says tether tools rock solid tripod roller and i was just like what what it shows like a couple pictures of like this like tripod looking thing with wheels and it's got like a screen on top of the tripod and i'm like no way is this what i think it is so what essentially it is it's it's just three wheels that are attached and you lock in the legs to your tripod uh, and then you can just roll around your camera in the studio uh, and you can hook up like a monitor on the on top of the tripod whoa, 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 just... whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we we have one of these things what what's it that's, called who makes it what that's that's what i said that's what i said so it's the tether tools rock solid tripod roller uh if you want to look it up i got the web code on our on our uh, website here so it's 306 res 103 i didn't know we carried anything like this and i was just like i saw the box i was like okay you know what <sighs> just I'm swiping the credit card. I went to. I mean, the you store. see this. You see this a lot in like on sets and movie industries, and even some photo studios, where it's just easier to roll exactly. something around than carry it. 
I just didn't know. And this, I think this happens every week with us. I didn't know Henry's had this. Yeah, exactly. And I used to use this in so many different studios that I used to shoot back in London. All the high-end studios, they have these like rolling... Sometimes it's got like a, a little platform for your laptop. So if you want to like tether to the from the camera to the laptop, it's got like that. This, you literally just take your tripod, lock in the legs onto this Tether Tools rock solid tripod roller, and you're good to go. I could roll around my studio. I'm going to use it to shoot video. I have really smooth floors in my uh, studio. And yeah, this thing is going to be killer. I, I'm I just, slow clapping. I'm slow <laughs> cla clapping silently for you because, well, yeah, thanks. I, I'm adding it to my cart right now. Yeah, <laughs> great pick, man. Dope. That's a great. That's a great pick. Um, I, my pick for this week is not a new product. In fact, if if some of you don't know, Henry's actually has an amazing collection of used products, especially an outlet site where you can buy, you know, used and clearance items. And I picked up a camera here, Anthony. That has a Fujifilm sensor and a Nikon body and a Nikon mount. <laughs> if I told you that, what are you thinking? What are you thinking if I this tell is, you that? I said, I said earlier, I was like, man, this is like the best of both worlds. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is you know? literally, you know, it's, it's, I used to shoot Nikon. Now I shoot uh, Fuji. I mean, for my photography. And it's kind of like, you know, uh, I, I'm bringing the divorced parents back together again. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> bringing are, them back together again and, and they're rekindling the relationship. You know, I have a ton of cameras that serve different purposes. And, you know, because of the work I do, I, I have the opportunity to kind of invest in different solutions and have fun with this thing. And I've always wanted to add uh, a CCD sensor, one of these older sensors to my collection. And I've always wanted to see find a specific one that had the reputation with really interesting, unique colors, right? Mm -hmm. And the Fujifilm S5 Pro popped up on my radar, thanks to my friend uh, Patrick Tommaso. We're having a conversation. Recommend this thing. And it, and because I have a Nikon F5 with an F mount and a couple lenses, this almost felt like a no-brainer. You can find these things very inexpensively. They might be trickier to find. Found one in great condition, well under 20,000 on the shutter count. But essentially, you have a Nikon D200 body, okay? Imagine a Nikon D200 body, folks, where the buttons, the dials, like the layout, everything feels like a Nikon camera. If you've used Nikon and you'd pick this thing up you, and you, you had a blindfold on, you're like, oh, this feels like a Nikon DSLR. Except it has a Fujifilm logo on the front and a <laughs> Fujifilm CCD, Super CCD sensor. This looks hilarious. And... I, I, Dude, I mean, I got my 35.18, I got my 85.14 for the F mount. Again, I've been shooting film with them, so I can use them right away. It's only been a little over a week. This thing uses compact flashcards, so I had to order a totally different card and reader. <laughs> and I am enjoying this. I mean, technically, it's a 6 megapixel image. And as a professional, I will tell you, you can create phenomenal things with a 6 megapixel. So don't, don't try to knock it, folks. It's a very niche camera that I picked up. It serves a very it. specific purpose. I'm going to experiment with it. Maybe I'll report back on this. But you know what? It's that time of year, folks. And I'll say. Super unique. Look for some interesting things on the used site, on the outlet site. Look for some, you know, these, these sleeping dark horses. 
Mm-hmm. Is I, that I'll even tell, a thing? Sleep? I, it's not even just a dark horse. It's a sleeping dark horse, Anthony. It's a sleeping dark yeah. horse. We we do have some really killer used gear. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, we work here. But, I mean, I found some just crazy stuff. I found an X-Pro 2 on the, on the shelves in Burlington. And it had, I think it was, it was either 7 or 14 shots taken on this camera. Like, wow. what is that? Like, yeah. and that's, yeah. and that's not even a camera that you can like reset the shutter. Like some cameras, you can do that when you like do some sort of repair, but the X pro line is not one of those. And yeah, just insane. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, like phenomenal pick. Uh, you guys got to look at this and see what this camera actually looks like because seeing is believing. And that's, I, I, I feel like, I feel like I got to do a review. I got to do a review of this thing. Maybe, maybe not on Henry's channel, but maybe on my, my channel. I got to do a review of this thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, Anthony, a pleasure as always, always thank you all for listening. And, and look, 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 let me just clarify uh, post rant uh, here. I, I appreciate and love all camera brands, okay? I, they're 100%. like, they're family. <laughs> I enjoy them all. I just think that the space that we're in can be quite annoying and toxic at the time. So it's, it's like, <laughs> I love my family. I hate the house that we live in. That's all I'm saying, okay? And I think we can have dialogue about that, but I love to hear what you guys think. So let us know, you know, uh, either get in touch with us at Henry's Camera on social, but also mm-hmm. more importantly, if you are not already, be, do, be sure to subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes so we can find more people to listen and enjoy this show as always my name is Gadget his name's Anthony and we'll see you next time